everyone, I hope you're all doing so well and welcome back to the Criminal Makeup Podcast. And this episode is actually our last episode of 2022. What the hell, that year has gone so fast. I cannot believe that we launched the podcast back in May and we're at the end of the year, it's crazy. And I just wanna thank you all for your support on this podcast in 2022. Like I cannot believe the things that we have been able to achieve with this podcast and the chart positions that we have had. Like it literally blows my mind that the Criminal Makeup Podcast is still on the true crime charts and I just cannot believe it. And I just wanna thank you all so much and I cannot wait for 2023 and to bring you even more cases. And I'm really excited and I just wanna say thank you. So each episode we dive into the minds of some of the worst criminals in history and today we're going to be talking about the case of Esther Belize Carranza who is also known as the ice cream killer and we're going international with today's case because it takes place in Austria however this is a very international case because we actually visit a lot of countries and even different continents and this case it's definitely a bit of a crazy one Esther Belize went through some issues early on in life she got into some relationships that didn't work out too well for her and in the end, this led her to committing some absolutely awful acts. And then because of this, she soon ended up with the name, the Ice Cream Killer, which came about due to the nature of these awful acts that she committed. And obviously when you hear the ice cream killer, your mind immediately goes to, what the hell? Did she kill people with ice cream? Like, where the hell did she get that name from? But trust me, this will all make sense later on in the case. And this is definitely a bit of a whirlwind case. There is a lot happens and it feels like we do move very quickly. So prepare yourselves and let's just jump in. Esther Belize Carranza, also known as Esty, was born on the 6th of September, 1978, making her a Virgo. I know, another Virgo. And Esty was born in Mexico City, Mexico, where she lived with her mom and dad and younger brother. But the family did have to flee Mexico and Esty was still a very young child when the family did have to flee. Now, Esty's dad was a journalist and this was in the 80s and he was very critical of the Mexican government. And this kind of made his family a target. Let's just say certain people weren't too happy with Esty's dad and it got so so bad at one point, armed forces raided the family home and this completely traumatized the whole family, but especially Esty because she was so young and she is still so traumatized by the memories of all of these men storming the house with guns. So because of this and because of the fear of the government, the family did flee Mexico and they fled to Spain where they settled in Barcelona. But this transition was not easy for the family because living in Barcelona was a lot more expensive than it was in Mexico City. So the family really struggled financially compared to their life in Mexico. Esti's dad continued to work as a journalist and an author when he was in Barcelona, but he had to work twice as hard than he did in Mexico just to make ends meet. And this resulted in Esty's dad being quite dismissive towards Esty. I don't really know what he was like before in Mexico. Like, I don't know. I just read that he became quite dismissive of Esty when they moved to Barcelona. And Esty's dad didn't really give Esty the attention that she wanted or needed. Esty has said herself that she basically had to act as if she didn't exist around her dad. So she wouldn't distract her dad and disturb him from his work. Kind of like that old saying, 
saying children should be seen and not heard, like kind of like that thing. And SD herself as well has described her dad as very controlling. SD could never ever be herself around her dad. And because of all of this, because of the controlling behavior and just the fact that he was very dismissive, didn't really want much to do with her, didn't give her attention, SD grew very resentful of her dad. And SD has later said that her relationship with her dad became that bad that she started to have thoughts about seriously harming her dad. And these thoughts started from a very young age. And this just sounds like last week's case, doesn't it? But I promise you, it, it's nothing like last week's case. Esty as well also struggled in school. She struggled to make friends. She struggled to fit in. I do think that this is because she moved to a different country and she just struggled to fit in, which is always horrible. I hate hearing things like that. So Esty's childhood is not great to say the least. However, one thing that Esty used to dream about, she used to fantasize about this, from a very young age was becoming a mother. It's said that from as young as 10 years old, Esty would ask her own mother, when would she be old enough to have children herself? It was constantly on Esty's mind, becoming a mother, starting a family, like that is what she wanted, that is what she dreamed of. And this is definitely something that plays quite a big part of today's case. Eventually, Esty did move out of the family home. We are jumping forward a little bit here because she leaves home and goes to university and she attends the University of Barcelona. She was studying economics at the university and this was not exactly her choice. This was her dad's choice. It was her dad's decision to study economics. I think it was even her dad's decision to go to university in the first place, but I couldn't confirm that. But basically, she was just doing what was going to please her dad. I think Esty, she definitely has daddy issues, I will say that. And I think she was probably doing things to get her dad's approval, to try and get her dad's attention in some way because she craved it. So whilst Esty is at university studying, this is when she enters her first serious relationship. And the relationship lasted for the whole of Esty's studies. And once Esty had left university, she started to plan for her life going forward with this man that she had been with at this point for five years. And when SD started to talk, I don't know his name, by the way, uh, to this man about marriage, about their future, about kids and all stuff like that, he just said he's not ready for a serious relationship. They've been together for five years. <laughs> I don't know about any of you, but that kind of seems like a serious relationship to me. So he wasn't ready for a serious relationship and Esty was absolutely heartbroken. I mean, she had invested five years into this relationship. She thought that she had found the one. She thought that she'd found the person that she was going to be with for the rest of her life. And SD didn't care about economics. She didn't care about anything that she had studied at uni. What she cared about was a family, starting a family, having children. And she thought that she was going to get that future with this man, but obviously they broke up and Esty was absolutely devastated. And just like what happened with her dad, Esty started to have thoughts about seriously harming her now ex-boyfriend. But this time the thoughts escalated. Let's just say she wasn't just thinking about seriously harming him, 
She was actually thinking about murdering him. She would fantasize about the different ways, like what she would do. And the one that she liked, let's just say, was she wanted to cut the brakes on his car. And this in her mind would be getting revenge for what he had done to her. However, these are just thoughts and thankfully Esty did not act on them. Instead, she decided that she wanted to make a fresh start. She wanted to get out of the city. She actually wanted to move to a different country. So she left Spain and moved to Germany. She found work as a nanny in Munich. But after a while, she thought, oh, this is is not really for me. I can imagine she probably thought she wanted to be a nanny because she loved kids so much and she wanted kids so badly herself. So she thought that that was going to be the right career for her, but she changed her mind. She wanted a little bit of a change of pace. So this is when SD started to work in an ice cream shop. And SD is currently 22 years old and she has moved to a different country. She's living independently. She is newly single. And this is when SD meets a man called Holger Holes. Now Holger was a fridge salesman and he had gone into the ice cream shop to try and sell the shop fridges. But when he went into the shop, he instantly caught Esty's eye. The two of them kind of connected like their eyes across the shop. And Holger was 15 years older than Esty, but Esty didn't care about this. And the two of them start chatting and they pretty much instantly hit it off. They quickly fell for one another. And then it wasn't long until Holger asked Esty to marry him. And of course she said yes. So this is pretty much everything that Esty had ever wanted. She wanted to find a man, fall in love with him, get married, start a family. This is everything she's ever dreamed of. But unfortunately things didn't quite work out as she had hoped. Olga had been telling Esty that he was a follower of Hare Krishna, which is a branch of Hinduism. And because of this, Holger didn't believe in sex before marriage. And Esty found this romantic. She was more than happy to wait until after they were married. However, when Esty and Holger were married, Holger then started saying that he didn't believe in sex unless it was for procreation. So obviously Esty was like, well, great, because I want kids. And Holger was like, well, I'm not ready for that. And Esty was devastated again. The two of them had the conversation about children and everything and Esty thought that they were both on the same page but it turns out that they weren't and Esty did accept that he wasn't ready and she moved forward and she just hoped that he would be ready sooner rather than later and there's not much information really after this about their relationship so we are going to jump forward a few years to 2005. Esty is now 27 years old and Holger had decided that the two of them should move to Austria. He told Esty that she should quit her job in the ice cream shop and they should move to Austria and open up an ice cream shop themselves, have their own business. And I don't know why they had to move to Austria to do this. Maybe it was more affordable to do this in Austria than it was to in Germany. Um, I don't know, but that's what he decided to do. Esty was unsure about this at first, but Holger made her another promise that if the two of them moved to Austria, he would be ready to have kids and they could start a family. 
And of course, Esty jumped at this because she is so desperate to have kids. And they both move to Austria and they open up an ice cream shop to run together. However, again, things didn't exactly go to plan because they were supposed to run the shop together. 50-50, the both of them putting in equal amount of effort, but it was Esty doing everything. And she was just becoming fed up of Holger doing nothing. And what annoyed Esty more than anything is that this was Holger's idea. It was his idea to move them to Austria to open up and run this ice cream shop. I mean, Esty had gone from working in an ice cream shop, so obviously she knows the shop floor, she knows how to deal with customers and all that, but she's never owned a shop before. She didn't know what she was doing. It's so different from just working in a shop to owning it. And it's said that Holger would just spend most of his days at home watching TV, playing video games, basically just doing nothing, whilst Esty was at work just trying to make ends meet. And he would spend a lot of money that Esty was making on guns, which Esty absolutely hated his gun obsession because he did have a lot of guns and he would keep them all in the house and Esty just didn't like it. And worst of all, Holger was delaying starting a family. To me, it kind of just seems like he didn't want to start a family. Like that's not what he wanted. And he used the idea of starting a family to basically emotionally manipulate Esty into moving to Austria. But he just kept making different excuses about why he didn't want to start a family, just that the timing wasn't right, they didn't have enough money, like he didn't feel ready. He also started to become quite controlling of Esty and he would try and dictate to her like what she should do, what she shouldn't do, especially when it came to the ice cream shop. Like he had a lot to say about how she ran the ice cream shop. And it's just kind of like, you know what, Holger, if you don't like it, maybe you should do it yourself. He would also say some horrible things to Esty as well. He would always belittle her, make her feel so small. He would insult the way she looked. He would say that he was no longer attracted to her. So overall, Holger, he's not the nicest person. Not that Esty is a walk in the park herself. Esty was just getting sick and tired of Holger's behavior. And it wasn't long until Esty's murderous thoughts started to return. But again, they were just thoughts. She didn't act on them. And soon enough, Esty actually had something to distract her from these thoughts because she met a new man. And this was in 2007. She met a new man named Manfred Hinterberger. The similarities of Manfred and Holger are actually really weird. She definitely has a type. So Manfred was also 15 years older than Esty, like Holger was. And he was an ice cream machine salesman and Holger was a fridge salesman. And Manfred had gone into Esty's store to try and sell her an ice cream machine. So just very similar to Holger. And they started talking, they started flirting a little bit. He was complimenting her. He was just making her feel really good. And she soon fell for Manfred. And it wasn't long until they were having a full on affair behind Holger's back. They were going out for like fancy meals in Vienna. They were like really living it up, going on all of these romantic little dates. And something that was just really different from Manfred and Holger is that Manfred made Esty feel beautiful. He made her feel loved and appreciated, which is something that Holger had never really done. And Manfred approached Esty and said, 
I think you should divorce Holger. And SD agreed. She thought, you know what? Yeah, I don't want to be with that man anymore. I want to divorce Holger and be with Manfred. So SD approached Holger about a divorce and surprisingly, he agreed. But SD also wanted Holger to move out of the apartment. And this is something that he refused to do. So this was Esty's life. She was living in this apartment with her ex and dating this new man called Manfred, which obviously Holger knew about at this point. And Esty was still running the ice cream shop. Holger was still doing absolutely nothing. But when Esty would return home from work from the ice cream shop, Holger was still being vile to her. He would still belittle her. He would still insult her appearance. It's like you're divorced. Leave her alone. And Esty was just absolutely sick of it, which I can't blame her, but I don't agree with what she's gonna do. I just want to make that clear. And it wasn't long until Esty started to have these murderous thoughts again. Obviously, we already know she wanted to murder Holger before, but Manfred distracted her and she stopped thinking about it. Well, those thoughts had returned. So on the 27th of April, 2008, Esty had returned home from work. Esty and Holger got into their usual argument because they pretty much did argue every single day. Most of the time, it was about the same thing, about Holger not moving out. But this argument, Holger did say something that Esty didn't like. She took it very personally and it hit a nerve. He said to Esty that she would be nothing without him and that she would not survive without him either. Like she needed him. So after the argument had died down, Holger went back to his computer. I don't know if he was playing video games because he did that a lot. And Esty noticed that Holger had left one of his guns just out on the side. And she picked up the gun without Holger noticing. And as he sat there facing the computer, he had no idea that she was behind him. She shot him twice in the back of the head. And of course, these wounds were fatal. The next morning, Esty woke up and went to work as if nothing had happened. And she just left Holger's body in the apartment and she just really hoped that no one would discover the body. And at this point, Esty just really didn't know what to do. She didn't exactly plan for this. But obviously, she was having murderous thoughts, but she hadn't actually plan to murder him. I mean, she kind of did, but she kind of didn't. Like, I don't know. She just didn't have a plan. She also was expecting one of her neighbors to have heard what happened because she did shoot a gun twice. She lived in an apartment. So she was expecting her neighbors to have heard what had gone on and phone the police. Like Esty was expecting the police to turn up and find Holger's body. But when Esty returned home from work that day, Holger's body was still in the apartment. Clearly, don't know how, none of the neighbors had heard what had happened. And Esty realized, okay, I'm gonna have to clearly dispose of this body. And what she did, I just don't understand. She decided to burn the body in the apartment. It's like, why would she do that? What, why? Who thinks to burn a body in a building in an apartment? So she got a bottle of schnapps and she poured the alcohol over the body. She hoped that the alcohol would help the fire um, and she set Holger's body alight but it didn't go to plan because the fire soon petered out on its own. It didn't exactly 
set ablaze like she was probably planning. And you know what? Thank God it didn't because she could have potentially been endangering all of the lives of the other people living in that apartment block. So thank God it did peter out, but it did create quite a bit of smoke that did send the smoke alarms off. And also the neighbors had noticed all the smoke as well and the fire department were called out. So the fire department and Esty's neighbors had come round to Esty's house and Esty's like, oh my God, because she still got Holger's body. Like it hadn't really been burnt at all. So she went and answered the door to the fire department and she turned on her charm, which she did quite a lot. And she managed to charm her way out of this situation, which I'm just like, how? How do these people do it? Like, I would be a mess. She was just like, oh, I just burnt my dinner. Like when I was cooking, that's what all the smoke is from. And the fire department were just like, you do realize it smells really bad. Obviously, they didn't know that she was trying to burn a body, but can you imagine that smell? And Esty was just like, oh, it was probably the fish I was cooking. Fish. Fish. I can't imagine that a burning dead body smells like fish. I've never smelt it. I never want to smell it, but I can't imagine it smells like fish. How did the fire department believe that? But they did. They clearly fell for Esty's charm and they left. So the next day comes along. She's just living in this apartment with Holger's body. I feel like we've got to acknowledge that right now because we're on day three technically aren't we since she's killed him and she's just living with this body it's it's sick isn't it it's disgusting so she wakes up the next day and she has this kind of half burnt kind of body of Holger and she's like right okay I better deal with this a little bit better today so she decides that she wants to go get a chainsaw and somehow she manages to dismember Holger's body with this chainsaw I don't know the details of this but then she puts the pieces of Holger's body in ice cream tubs and then she puts these ice cream tubs in her freezer and absolutely no one suspected a thing about like Holger's murder, nothing. Some people did start to ask, where is Holger? Where did he go? And Esty was just like, oh, he ran off to India to start a new life and people believed her. And then a few months down the line, she did have to move out of her apartment. I don't exactly know why. And she was like, oh my God, what am I gonna do with Holger's body? Because his body has been in the freezer in these ice cream tubs for months at this point. Then she came up with a new plan on how she was going to deal with all of these body parts in her freezer. So she got all of the ice cream tubs out of her freezer with the body parts in and she decided to fill up these ice cream tubs with concrete, with the body parts still in the tubs and then move these concrete filled ice cream tubs to her ice cream shop to put in the freezer there. She filled concrete into the tubs. She waited for the concrete to set. She then carried all of the ice cream tubs outside of her apartment building. She called a taxi. The taxi came. The taxi driver even helped her with all of these tubs. Can't even imagine what would have been going through his brain at this point. Cause I don't know if these ice cream tubs have lids either. Like I don't know, but regardless, they must have been heavy. So. I don't know what he was thinking. And again, Esty was able to get away with this. She put the tubs of concrete in her freezer in her store. She bought some air fresheners to make sure that the place didn't smell too bad. And Esty just carried on living her life as normal. And two 
whole years go by and Esty just carries on living her life as if nothing has happened. So it's now 2010, Esty is still running her ice cream shop. She is still in a relationship with Manfred. However, her relationship with Manfred wasn't exactly perfect. Manfred didn't know anything about the murder, by the way, but Esty still hadn't managed to convince Manfred to get married and settle down, start a family which obviously we all know that that is what SD wants. And instead of them heading in the direction of maybe committing to each other, getting married, having kids, it was actually going the complete opposite way because Manfred was starting to suggest that they see other people as well as seeing each other. So having an open relationship and SD was just like, uh, no, that's not what I want. I want to get married. I want to just be with one person. I want to have kids. And Esty started to suspect that Manfred was having an affair. And that is why he suggested seeing other people because he technically already was. So Esty went through Manfred's phone and she did find nude pictures of other women. She also found that he had been talking to other women on online dating sites like all through the night. And Esty just completely, completely lost it. And then on the night of the 21st of November, 2010, Esty and Manfred were arguing because they were arguing quite a lot at this point in their relationship. So then the argument clearly finished. Manfred went to bed. He started snoring, which was apparently the trigger for all of this which I don't believe by the way. Esty then took out a gun which she kept under her mattress, loaded it and then she shot Manfred whilst he slept. And following this shooting she had to clean up the crime scene but she was more prepared this time. It turns out that in the weeks leading up to this murder Esty had been taking concrete mixing classes. She clearly liked this concrete idea. I mean, technically it did work for her. It did work really well. And also in the weeks leading up to the murder, she bought herself a new chainsaw. So this murder of Manfred was 100% premeditated because it is kind of wishy-washy whether the murder of Holger was premeditated. I mean, she was having those murderous thoughts. So it kind of was... Oh, uh, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a wishy one, the first murder, but this second murder was 100% cold, 100% premeditated. So she dismembered Manfred's body just like she had done Holger. She then put the body parts in ice cream tubs and filled up those ice cream tubs with concrete and then transferred those tubs to her freezer in her ice cream shop. It's then said that after all of this, Esty went and treated herself to a little manicure because all of that dismembering of the body, she broke a nail. A few days after this murder, people started to ask where Manfred was. And Esty just replied to everyone with, I don't know, like, I don't know anything, don't ask me. So I think Manfred had a little bit of a different personality to Holger because obviously she said that Holger ran off to India. And I think with Holger's personality, people bought that but she couldn't do that with Manfred. I think he was a little bit different. So she decided to play along with, she didn't know where Manfred was and she phoned the police to report him as missing. And this seemed to work. No one suspected a thing. Everyone just thought that Manfred was missing. Like no one suspected Esty of anything. So the weeks went by and it wasn't long until Esty found herself a new 
love interest. And this time it was one of Manfred's friends, 47 year old Roland. Again, this one is also 15 years older than her. Like I said, she definitely has a type. And Roland soon fell completely in love with Esty. So when they first met, like when they first started seeing each other, Roland was actually seeing another woman, but he broke it off with that woman so he could be with Esty. And Esty at this point in the story, by the way, is 32 years old. And Esty is over the moon again because she thinks that Roland is the one that she's going to marry, the one that she's going to start a family with. I mean, she thinks this about pretty much everyone, but her things weren't exactly perfect for long because she'd murdered two people. Let's not forget that. And all of the truth about what she had done was about to come out. So on the 6th of June, 2011, Esty arrived at work at the ice cream shop. However, when she arrived, she could just feel tension in the air. People were stood around whispering that was not a normal thing to happen. And Esty was just like, what is going on? And she just had that gut feeling that something bad was happening. So there was workmen just walking around and Esty stopped one of them and she was like, what's going on? And she was told that the hairdressers next door, a pipe had burst. And in order to fix that pipe, they had to break into the cellar of Esty's ice cream shop. And I think we all know what's coming. So Esty was told when the workmen were moving things around in the cellar, trying to fix the pipe, they came across one of the ice cream tubs. And according to one of these workmen, there was a leg sticking out of one of these tubs. She was then told that police were on the way. I'm not sure if anyone suspected her at this point. I'm sure they probably did. And Esty was just like really nervous and anxious, quite rightly so. And she was just like, yeah, I think I better get out of here. She then grabbed some cash. She grabbed her passport and she went on the run. The police arrived at the scene. And as soon as they processed the crime scene and they realized who the bodies were and they realized that Esty was gone, they were like, okay, she's clearly the prime suspect. And they started a manhunt. But of course, Esty was on the run. So she had gone into a taxi to take her to the airport. She had booked a ticket to Paris, but then she got really scared that as soon as she would arrive at the airport, police would be there waiting for her, waiting to arrest her. And I think she was right. I do think the police were at the airport. So she chickened out of going to the airport and she changed her mind. So she was still in the taxi and she decided to get the taxi to Italy. I told you guys this was an international case and she managed to flee to Italy. She managed to evade capture in Italy for four years days. But on the 10th of June, authorities finally caught up to her, arrested her and extradited her back to Austria. Once she was back in Austria, Esty was taken down to the police station and it did not take long for Esty to give a full confession of both murders. However, there was one more shock left in the story. So when Esty was at the police station, she was given a medical examination and they found out that she was two months pregnant. So I bet you're wondering what happened to Roland, who is the father of the child, by the way, and he stuck around. I know, why did he not run the other way? Because all of this came out that Esty had murdered her previous two partners, why did he not run for the hills? But it turns out that Roland said that he still loved Esty and 
he clearly didn't care. And in early 2012, Roland and Esty got married when Esty was in custody. And around early 2012 as well, I don't know the exact date, Esty did give birth to a son whilst she was in prison. But for some reason, Esty's son and Roland's son, it was decided that the son should go and live with Esty's parents back in Barcelona. I don't know why Roland didn't have the son, but I, I don't know. Esty's trial then took place in November 2012. And on the 22nd of November 2012, she was sentenced to life in prison. Esty as well, whilst she was in custody, was diagnosed with a personality disorder. I don't know which one. She was also found fundamentally sane when she did commit the murders. And it was also determined that she would be way too much of a danger to society if she was ever released, which probably means that she will never be released. And then in 2017, SD made headlines once again after it was decided that she was way too dangerous for the all-female prison that she was in, and she was moved to an all-male prison. I've never, ever, ever heard of that happening before. It's like, how is she too dangerous? I don't know what happened to lead to that decision being made. I mean, you would think something clearly serious happened, but I don't know how it's going to be better for her in an all-male prison. You can't just put her in an all-male prison. That's not gonna solve anything. Esty also wrote a book, of course, titled My Two Lives, The True Story of the Ice Lady. And she did call herself the Ice Lady nobody else. That is the name that she wants. And all of the sales of that book do go to her son, so they are going to something worthy. And that brings us to the end of the episode, the very last episode of 2022. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening today. And thank you again for all of your support on the podcast this year. Subscribe or follow to make sure you never miss an episode of The Criminal Makeup. And if you enjoy the show, I would really love it if you could leave a review. In the meantime, if you've been affected by any of the themes in this episode, please take the time to look at the description for this episode for some helpful resources. Special thanks to my producers at Audio Boom Studios and I'll see you all in the next one.